I want to draw your attention this morning in the epistle to the Hebrews. Hebrews 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Now recently we did consider the triple let us calls in this paragraph. But this morning we want to look a little more closely at one of them. In actual fact, the second one. We might call it the central one. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith, our profession of faith. The apostle had said something earlier, in actual fact, in chapter 4. We have a great high priest. He's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. And that profession is around Jesus Christ. Christ is central in the Christian profession. There's no profession without Christ. Jesus Christ is in the glory. He's our great high priest. Let us hold fast our profession. And here in chapter 10, the apostle has said the same thing. We have a high priest over the house of God. Let us hold fast our profession of faith. And we are looking at this verse because we're also launching into Hebrews chapter 11. And it is made up of Old Testament biographies. Men and women of faith. Many of them are named. And we're going into Hebrews 11 and it will be our focus over the summertime In this holiday season, in our meetings, we will traverse the hall of faith and consider these great biographies of the faithful. So we're looking at faith and the people of faith. Chapter 11 is about that. Yes, it's about faith. It is also about men and women, even as our text says, who professed faith. They didn't only have it, they confessed it. They professed it. They held that profession, they held it fast, without wavering to the end. In a sense, Hebrews 11 is the exposition and the outworking and the illustrating of Hebrews 10 verse 23. Men and women who've held fast the profession of their faith without wavering unto the end because God was faithful the promise. You see that in Hebrews 11 verse 11. Sarah, she received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Paul brings it in again. Hebrews 10 verse 23, he's faithful that promised. Sarah judged him faithful that had promised. He's linking us up with chapter 10 verse 23, our text. Hebrews 11 is the outworking of that text. And then Hebrews 11 verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed. You see, this is what they did. They professed 
They confessed the faith. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hold fast the confession of your faith. And these saints in Hebrews 11, they did that. They confessed. They professed faith. And notice, embraced them. They embraced the promises. They held fast. And the confession of their faith was on to the end. They didn't waver. Hold fast. And the men and women in Hebrews 11 embraced. They held fast the faith, the promises, the confession. So we're looking at this verse then as, as we launch into Hebrews 11. There are four things here that I draw to your attention. First of all, we have to think about faith. That's the most important word of all in the text, faith. And then secondly, we have to think about the profession of faith. And then thirdly, we have to think about the holding fast, not just of faith, but the holding fast, the profession of faith. And then lastly, the incentive to do that. He is faithful, the promise. So these things as the Lord helps us and enables us this morning. First of all, faith. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Now, profession means confession. And what is it that is to be confessed? It's our faith. To hold fast the confession of faith, first of all, then, one must have faith. And we're not thinking about just having the creed and confessing the creed. That is true. We do that and we have to do that. But we're also thinking about faith, the belief of the Christian faith, the belief of the creed, of the things of God, of the articles of faith. So we only, don't only confess the articles. We believe the articles. We have faith in Christ. Now this is what we're talking about, faith. This is something only a Christian can do. Professing faith. You have to have faith in order to profess it. And if you don't have the faith of a Christian, you ought not to profess it. And ordinarily and properly speaking, you can't profess it. If one doesn't have faith and makes a profession, it's an empty Profession. It doesn't have substance. It doesn't have reality. It would just be pretense, hypocrisy. That's all. No, you have to have faith. Christian faith. True faith. In order to profess it, it's the faith that comes first, not the profession. It's the faith that is foundational, not the profession. So the important thing is faith. That which these men and women in Hebrews 11 had. Trust in God. Hast thou faith? Hast thou faith? That's the important question. Have you faith? I'm not asking you do you have church membership. I'm not asking you do you read your Bibles and say your prayers. I'm not asking you these things important as they are 
I'm asking you, have you faith? Have you the faith which saves? The faith which unites to Jesus Christ? The faith which is the gift of God's grace given to his people by his Holy Spirit as they hear the gospel. For by grace are ye saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's faith that saves. And you cannot confess you are a Christian unless you have a right to, unless you have the gift of faith. So a Christian is one who has faith, who believes. He believes the Bible. He receives the Bible as the word of God. He believes all that is therein contained and revealed to his conscience. All the truths of God concerning himself, his sinfulness. All the truths of God concerning God himself, his triune nature. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. All that is revealed concerning his grace and the salvation in his Son Jesus Christ. And the gospel, a Christian is one who believes these things, who has been persuaded concerning them, who has seen the truths of God. What did we read there in Hebrews 11 verse 13? Not having received the promises, but having seen them. You haven't seen, as it were, heaven. You haven't received the sinlessness and the glory of heaven. But you believe these things because you have seen them afar off through the word of God. The word of God has been the telescope that has brought to your mind and heart all these things, the truths of God. And you've seen them by faith. And you've received them, embraced them, believed them, persuaded of them. That's what the words are used here, verse 13. Seen, though far off, persuaded, embraced, confessed. That's the order. The seeing of faith, the persuasion of faith, the assurance that these things are true, the holding fast of those things that are the most important things in your life, these truths of God in the Bible, and the confession of them. That's what we're talking about this morning. And foundational is the seeing of them, the believing, the persuading, the having faith. So a Christian is one who, who believes the Bible, who believes the gospel. But not only belief and reception and seeing and persuasion, there is the embracing of him who is the substance of it all, all the doctrines, all the theology, all the teaching is in Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. He's the one revealed. He's the one that the Bible is about. So the Bible isn't just presenting to us theologies to be believed, but presenting to us in those theologies a person, a glorious person, the Son of God, who is to be embraced. It's Christ that is embraced. It's Christ that is seen. It's Christ that is trusted in. And so a Christian is one who has his trust in Christ. 
He's believing in Christ. He's trusting in him for the forgiveness of his sins. He's depending upon him as the one who died on that middle tree in the sacrifice for sin. He's trusting in him as the way to the Father. He has this faith in Christ. That's at the heart. Confidence in the Redeemer. And that faith brings one into union with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's joined to the Savior, as the Bible says, in Christ. Joined to him. Faith. All the children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's the profession that the people of God have. And I have to ask you, do you have that faith? Dost thou believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Dost thou really believe it? And dost thou trust in him? In him alone? For your salvation? Every Christian can say yes to that. And whenever you begin to say yes, then you begin to profess. And that's the second thing, because this verse isn't just about faith. And nor is chapter 11 just about faith. It's about the profession of faith. Believers confess their faith. Always at all times in all of church history, the people of God have always confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. This was their confession. They weren't afraid to say it. They did say it. They made profession of their faith. They said they're different. They said they're not like the worldlings of this world. We have faith. We follow the Lord. We see things that are invisible. And they are what draw us on what we are after. And so it's profession. And the people of God, named in Hebrews 11, their profession was true. They were true believers. They were not false professors. They gave a true profession of faith, a sincere profession of faith. So profession is true, but it is also visible. That's the thing about profession. Faith is not always visible, but the profession of it is. It's something that is seen. It's something that is known in the world. It's something that is known by other believers because the people of God come together and profess. They confess. It's very important. The Lord doesn't want secret disciples. Ordinarily, Christians confess. They profess and must do so. And you find this here and these people in Hebrews 11, all these ones that, that are named. Abraham is named. Abel is named. And Noah and so on. And these people, their profession was visible. Abel, he's named in chapter 11, verse 4. And what does it say there? He offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It was visible. He offered the fat. He offered the lambs. He offered the sacrifice. This was the profession of his faith. He was worshipping according to the revelation given to his parents, Adam and Eve. He confessed the faith of his parents. Unlike Cain, Abel made a true profession. 
It was visible. It was something that was seen. And Noah, how do we know Noah was a believer? How do we know he had faith in God? He professed. He made a confession. And it's not always necessarily with the mouth, as we'll see. Confession is made with the life. He built an ark. That's his confession. I believe God. I believe there's going to be rain. Nobody ever saw rain. I believe there's going to be rain and water's going to come down and flood the world. There's going to be something different in the earth. And I'm building an ark in obedience to my God. And he told the sinners this for years and years. Nobody believed him. But he confessed. He professed his faith. It was visible. It was seen. It was heard. It was known. Though they thought he was mad and a fool. But he did profess his faith. Abraham was the same. Whenever Abraham went into the land of the Canaanites. What was the thing that he did? He built an altar unto God. He's the altar builder unto God. Everywhere he goes. Every place he goes. The Canaanites. What's this man building? He's building something different. He's not coming to our temples. He's not coming to our altars. He's building something different and he's worshipping his God. It was visible. He confessed. Remember he met the king of Sodom? He said, I've lifted up my hand unto Jehovah, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I'm not looking anything from you. I confess Jehovah owns all things in heaven and earth. I'm looking to him. I'm following him. I have no time for your city and all the antics that go on in your city. I'm following God. He confessed. And then Jacob is named as well. And what did Jacob say in his old age? As he's nearing death, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. Bless the lads. He doesn't just bless the lads. He doesn't just give a few dying words to his children. But he professes God, the Redeemer. He brings them to God. He's making his confession. Jacob, verse 21 of Hebrews 11, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship leaning upon the top of a staff. Why does Paul tell us that? Because that is his profession of faith. That's his confession even as he's dying. That he's trusting God. He's following the Lord. He has his faith in Christ. And then it said of Moses. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's his profession. I don't want Pharaoh's name. I don't want Pharaoh's riches. I don't want Pharaoh's rule and reign. I'm following the Lord. And so he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He went out amongst God's people. He left the palace. That was his profession. He had the faith that brought him out there. But when it became visible, it was his confession. It was seen. It was sincere. It was true and faithful. Remember Joshua? He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Remember Ruth? Don't entreat me to leave thee. 
I'll not leave you where you go. I'll go where you lodge. I'll lodge your people. will be my people. Thy God is my God. Confess. She left Moab. She confessed. Her leaving was her confession. Her going to the land of promise and making her home with the people of Israel was her confession of faith. It was visible. And the Bible is always telling us about the visibility of the faith. It doesn't just say he had faith in God, she had faith in God, she had faith in her heart. It doesn't usually say that in the Bible. It just lets us see their lives. And their lives are the confession of their faith. And this is what Paul is bringing out here in Hebrews 11. How does the child of God profess faith then? If it's visible, if it's something that's seen, if you hold fast to something and continue to do that, what what is it that the apostle is talking about? Continually doing, continually holding fast to this profession day by day, minute by minute. What does he mean? Always holding fast to the profession. The Bible says that we are to show forth his salvation from day to day. Show it forth every day. Let it every day be seen. You're the Lord's. Let it every day be seen you have faith. Hold the profession of your faith. Show it every day. Let it be visible always. Never cease the visibility of your faith. Every day. Minute by minute. It's a constant lifetime activity of the people of God. Confessing their strangers confessing and professing they believe God, they trust God day by day. How is it done then, this holding fast the profession? Well, the child of God begins the profession, of course, when he comes to Christ as a sinner and gives himself to the Savior. When he leaves his sins and gives himself to the Lord in covenant, that's where it all begins. Begins to follow Christ But it doesn't stop there. It continues on. And how is it seen? Well, it's seen when he prays. Praying is a profession of faith. Either in church or in the home or in private. You're professing. People hear you pray. People see you pray. People know you're a person of prayer, a man or woman of prayer. That's your profession. You're to hold that fast. You're to continue holding past the profession, the visibility of prayer. That you're always trusting God, you're needing Him, you're seeking Him. Even whenever the devil would attack you and say, you're going to have to stop this praying business. It's not very profitable. Or maybe the world will intervene and make it illegal to pray as it tried to do it with Daniel. But he prayed on. He held fast the profession. He held fast the visibility he didn't say, well, I've always had the windows open as I prayed towards Jerusalem, but now it's a good time to close the windows. No, he didn't do that. He didn't change because of the laws of the Lamb. He professed faith in Christ. He professed he prayed to the Lord, and he wasn't going to hide it. He's going to always pray in the Lord. He's always going to call upon with, with all those that call on his name. It's a visible thing. It's holding fast our profession. We pray in Christ's name. We come together to pray. And so the, the decree to prevent prayer didn't prevent Daniel praying. He prayed always. He continued his profession. As Paul says, hold fast the profession. 
the visibility of it all, the outworking of your faith in prayer. Remember, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, when do we do that? Every time we pray, in Jesus' name, we say at the end. Every time. Profession of our faith. That's not just a wee habit at the end, where we say in Jesus' name and for Christ's sake. No, that's the very heart and essence of our prayer, our confession that our prayer is through the mediator and on the grounds of his high atoning work and his high priestly position in the right, at the right hand of God. See, if a great high priest over the house of God, let us hold fast our profession, our praying in his name. This is what it means. And as the Lord Jesus Christ, a very important part of your prayer life, are you praying always? Are you professing your faith in him? Are you praying in his name? Do people know you pray in his name? And then the child of God professes his faith by his speech. He will publicly avow the Lord at times. The Lord will give appropriate opportunities and times and seasons for the believer to confess with his mouth. Remember how Peter said, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready. If you sanctify the Lord in your heart, be ready because the Lord will bring people to you. There'll be an answer to give. There'll be inquiries made. There'll be people who are interested. Or there'll be people who'll bring the problems. Be ready to give an answer. And so we have to do that on those occasions. Everyone that asketh you a reason of their hope. We see your confession. We see your life is different. We see you pray in Christ's name. We see this. We hear this. And they're asking a reason about it. And you be ready to give an answer. Your confession of your faith in Christ. Your trust in him. That's one way that we do it as well. By, by our lips, by our vow. I belong to the Lord. I can't do that because I'm a Christian. I, I can't, you know, participate in that with you. My faith doesn't allow me to do that. And so it comes out, you see. It's, it's visible. And then the child of God professes his faith by identifying with the church. Isn't church so important as a profession of faith? In fact, Paul goes on to say, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Why does he bring that in? It's to do with profession of faith. You, you confess faith. You have faith in Christ. Well, you know, it's just not one person joined to Christ. He's joined to his own body. Do you not know that as the people of God? That Jesus Christ is joined to his body. And there's nobody are we independent. No, we are the church. And the church comes together. The body comes together. And the part of our profession of faith is assembling. Is being together with other people of God. Now the whole church universal can't come together in one building. That's physically, geographically impossible. Spiritually, it is. By the power of the Holy Spirit, through true faith in Jesus Christ. But geographically and physically, we have to show something about that in our profession. And that's why church membership is so important. It's part of your profession, your confession. I belong to Christ. I belong to the body. I confess that I'm part of that body that he has redeemed by his blood. I pray with other people of God, with other saints, in every place that call upon his name. And I have a place. 
Have you got a place where you call on his name? In every place where they're calling upon his name, here and there and yonder, but there's a Christian in one place at least. Every place. Are you in a place? Have you a place where Christ has brought you to and you belong to and you confess and profess your faith in that place? Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. It's part of your confession of faith, isn't it? Identifying with the Bible-believing church. Identifying with the preaching, the true preaching of the gospel and the preaching of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Church attendance, then, is so important. Perhaps it's the greatest profession we ever make. Now, some people can't talk. And some people are shy. And some people just don't have that, that ability to, you know, to speak the way that others do and they would like to be able to do. But they have the sincere faith and they love the body of Christ. And their manifestation and their visibility is, is just in their going to church and having their Bible. It's not loud, but it's sincere and it's true. And it's important. And of course, when people don't see you going to church and you, you miss going to church, and you forsake the assembling of your, the cells together, which, now that's not good for the profession of faith, is it? It's not a good confession. It's not a good confession of the gospel. Uh, you have to show yourself consistent. You have to be a good advert for the Savior. You have to hold fast these things, continue to do these things. Another thing is a holy life, living different from the world. Why do you live different from the world? People see it, you see. Well, you see, I'm a Christian. And that's the visibility of your faith coming out, and people see it. Your holy life is, is a profession. Not going there, and not going here, and staying away from that, and not doing this and the other. You're confessing, I'm a stranger and a pilgrim in the earth, because I'm following the Lord. You're, the visibility of it all. Let your conversation, that's not just your talk, it includes your talk, but that word conversation in the Bible means your whole lifestyle, your whole, what you hear coming out of your mouth and what you see coming out of your life, your conduct, your conversation. It's the old use of the word conversation in the English language. So let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? It's not just saying Lord, Lord, it's, it's a profession coming out of your life. The obedience, what is seen? Is it seen in your life? He's a Christian. People say, haven't we seen people? He must be a Christian. He's maybe never said it, but there's something different. There's something visible about his life and behavior, his conversation, his conduct, and, and you're seeing his profession, you see. Even when you don't hear his voice, you've seen his profession. He's professing his faith just in a, a humble, holy life, just in a quiet life. Just in a life where he minds his own business and does good and goes to church and prays and seeks the Lord. That's just a humble profession of faith. That's what the Lord wants. So we profess faith by the worship of God in church, in our homes, in private. When you pray and read the word with, with others and at the table give thanks. So all our professions of faith are done in these ways. But the apostle is talking not just about the profession of faith. Hold it fast. Don't let it slip. Keep at it. Keep on it. Keep about it. Continuing. 
Show it forth day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up the visibility. Don't give up the prayer in the name of Jesus. Don't give up the holy conduct. Don't give up the separated life. Don't give up the attendance at the means of grace and in the house of God. Hold fast to it still. Continue. Be consistent. Be unwavering. It's not what he says there. Don't only hold it fast. But unwavering. Without wavering. So hold fast Christ. Hold fast the truth. Hold fast the holy life. What did Paul say to Titus concerning the people that Titus ministered to? He says that they profess to know God, but in works they deny him. So with their mouth they're saying, I'm a Christian, I belong to the Lord, but with their works, with their life, with their conduct, they're denying him. They're giving the opposite confession. They're denying the Lord. So we don't only confess with our mouth, we confess or we deny with our life. If the life's bad, we're denying the Lord. If people see sin, if people see bad conduct, if the people see an unfriendly, an unkind person, it's a denial of the Lord. It's not right. Continue the profession. Continue the Christ-likeness. Continue the graciousness. Continue the humility. Continue the meekness. That's all your profession. Continue in it. Hold fast. Hold fast. Remember how Paul exhorted servants not to answer back and to please their masters, not to steal, but to show all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Adorning. Adornment is something visible. It's like a nice coat. A nice suit that you wear, an adornment. And if you're purloining and stealing and answering back in a nasty kind of a person, you're not adorning the gospel. You're not, you're not professing it the way the Lord wants. Hold fast that which is good. And there's nothing better than the profession of the Christian faith in a humble life of the child of God. Keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. That's, that's another, that's, he didn't translate it, or link translators hold fast there, but it's the same thing. Hold fast the ordinances. You see, the ordinances are our public profession. The Lord's table and the baptism and these things, the means of grace, we hold them fast. We keep at them. The child of God should not waver. You know, like the boat on the sea. Ask in faith without wavering. He that wavers is like the wave of the sea, up and down, tossed down. Oh, he's up there. The next thing, he's, he's down there. No, we're not to be like that. Hebrews 11 talks about the flight of the aliens, the fleeing of the aliens. And that's a similar word to this wavering. They're awake. They're off. Holding it fast one minute, and then the next thing, they drop it on the floor and off they go. No, we're not like that. We're not to flee. We're not to give up our profession. We're not to drop it. We're to keep on it. It's hard. Yes, there are times it's difficult. But hold it fast. Continue. And then the, the last thing is the incentive. And the apostle gives the greatest possible incentive that we could ever find. The Lord is faithful. He's faithful to promise. He's so faithful. Now we ought to be faithful too. We ought to hold fast. If the Lord has held fast his covenant, 
If the Lord has held fast his promise, if the Lord has held fast in sending his Son, if the Lord has held fast in keeping all his promises to his Son, putting him at his own right hand, holding fast to his Son, holding fast to all that he's given to his Son, the Holy Spirit to shed out upon the earth, if God has been faithful, you see, the gospel is put in the form of a covenant, isn't it? We call it the covenant, the new covenant. Why is this? Because God is always promising and giving oaths. And he puts it in covenantal form because he wants to show above everything else his faithfulness. And the gospel has been given to us in faithfulness. And one part of the covenant is God, he's faithful. But we're at the other part of the covenant as we hold our profession and our confession of faith. And God expects the same as us, you see. He's faithful. I'm faithful. It's like a marriage, isn't it? The spouse is faithful. She's faithful. I'm going to be faithful. Or he's faithful, so I'm going to be faithful. Whatever. It's two, two sides, isn't it? In the covenant. This covenant of grace, this gospel that we confess, this union that we have to Jesus Christ, on the one side, the Saviour is faithful, and the Father is faithful, and the Holy Spirit is faithful, so that's a great incentive. How can I be unfaithful? How can I be wavering? How can I be going up and down about this prayer life? How can I be going up and down about this church attendance life? This assembly life of the people of God? How can I be like that? Here one minute, gone the next, up and down, holding it one time off, a great Bible man, and then the next time, away. No, no, consistency. Holding fast. People are watching. What are they seeing? What are they seeing when you see? Do you adorn the gospel? Are you manifesting the grace of God? So I'm not questioning your faith this morning. You're all the people of God. I know you. You love the Lord. You have your true faith in Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about the, the visibility of it. The consistency of it. So may the Lord give us grace to not only profess faith, but to hold it fast to the end.